Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC football podcast. My name is Joey Weaver. He is Mike McDaniel. Mike, emergency podcast edition. Yes. Time for an emergency. Um, we have the last time we spoke, we were meeting with our good friend, Mr. Jim Hammett, talking about the Pitt Panthers this fall. Um, we we do. We obviously we're going to continue our team preview series, but uh, we do interrupt this team preview series to bring you breaking news. Uh, not super breaking. It was really a couple days ago, but. Um, the long and short of it, Mike, we felt like we wanted to get on here and record real quick because we had some pretty huge news that came up. In I got it. married. Yes, you got married. I was there. I remember. <laughs> um, you know, you were there. Um, <laughs> we had some pretty huge news in the college football world that came up here earlier this week that really felt like it warranted us uh, getting together and sharing some thoughts on it. Yes, huge news. Huge news indeed. Uh, we, we found out it was in the middle of SEC media days. It was the Houston Chronicles' Brent Zwerneman. Uh, I don't know him, by the way. Just because I live in Houston and he lives in Houston, I don't know him. Okay, well, that's good. That's good. I was concerned about that. Yeah, Houston, not a small town. Um, yes, he, very large. <laughs> he reported that you, uh, Texas and Oklahoma had reached out to the big – reached out to the big – come on, Joey. He They had reached out to the SEC about joining you know potential membership – when the Big 12's media rights deal expires, mm-hmm. I think, midway through the year 2025. Yep. Um, so, again, first off, this would not be happening for a few years, and this is far from a done deal. But, Mike, correct me if I'm wrong or let me know if you think something different here. Like, a, a shift like that would be a pretty seismic one to the point that, like, college sports in general might almost never be the same. I would agree. I mean, these are two huge, at least on the football side, two huge institutions. Um, Oklahoma and Texas are the Big 12, right? I mean, yeah. Oklahoma has been the team that's been atop the Big 12 now for a number of years. Um, Oklahoma State has been a competitive team in the Big 12. Baylor, for a number of years with Bryles, was a competitive team in the Big 12. They're starting to kind of ascend back there. And Texas has always been the team that, um, at least under Mac Brown, was competitive enough to obviously win a national championship, um, but then good enough for a while under Mac Brown. And they've been trying to find that since, you know, Texas let him go, oh, about 10 or 12 years ago. Um, this is now to the point where Oklahoma and Texas are two of the teams that made the big 12 what it is on the football side, on the basketball side, they are obviously two very competitive basketball programs who consistently go to NCAA tournaments and are competitive there as well. Um, that, that would be a pretty seismic shift on the basketball side as well. But from a pure football standpoint, this is a pretty big deal um, because the big 12 
we've often talked about the Big 12 and the Pac-12 to a degree in recent years as kind of like the afterthought conferences in the Power Five, right? Mm-hmm. The Pac-12 fell off a little bit because USC slid back. USC and Oregon, I think, in a manner of speaking, are the two schools in the Pac-12 that kind of made it what it is on the football side. You can make an argument for Stanford as well. Um, but Oklahoma and Texas being the two schools in the Big 12 now trying to leave, which look, this is serious. Like this is something that looks like it's going to happen. Right. Um, I wasn't sure that was going to be the case a couple of days ago um, when that report came out from the Houston Chronicle. But it does seem real now. The Big 12 met yesterday. Today is um, Friday morning as we're sitting here recording. The Big 12 presidents met yesterday on Thursday. And Oklahoma and Texas did not take part in that meeting with the Big 12 presidents. Why would you not take place with why would you not be there and take place? Take that. Why would you not be there and it's take so part early, in man. that meeting? It is so early. It is. Sorry. <laughs> Speaking is hard. Why would you not be there and take part in that meeting if you are indeed not leaving the conference? It doesn't make any sense. They are leaving. They are going to tell the Big 12 that they're leaving. The Athletic is reporting. This is Andy Staples and Nicole Auerbach reporting. Max Olson as well. And the Athletic's been all over this, really, since the initial Houston Chronicle report came out. Um, they're saying that Oklahoma and Texas could declare their intent to leave soon, but they wouldn't actually begin the formal process to leave um, for a little while. It's not something that can just take place in a couple of weeks. They're saying, okay, we're out, we're gone. Yep. Again, the, the media rights deal expires in the middle of 2025. This could change a lot of things. And there hasn't been a lot of formal realignment in college football now for quite a while. Um, Texas A&M joined the SEC about 10 years ago now. Um, and really, that was kind of like the last big realignment move, at least in the Power Five. So this is, you know, it's been pretty stagnant for about a decade. But if Oklahoma and Texas go to the SEC, the SEC, I'm sure, will accept them. You know, some schools are going to posture like Texas A&M, right? They're going to posture and say, we don't want Texas here, yada, yada, yada. It's all about money. They're going to be a part of the SEC if they want to be there. The real question is what happens to the remaining schools in the Big 12 now and how does it affect the ACC? Yeah, there and I, I am very much I agree and I am completely convinced that Texas and Oklahoma will be leaving the Big 12. Um, five years from now, they will no longer be Big 12 programs. Right. Will, will they be SEC programs? Uh, I'm not as sold on that because like you mentioned, I mean, there's not only with Texas and A&M, but also with Missouri and Arkansas to some degree, there's there's some political bad blood there that still, you know, kind of hangs over with those, you know, the relationship between those programs uh, from the way that, you know, the big 12 was run, you know, even again with Arkansas with like what the big eight or the Southwest conference back in the day. Yep. Um, so I, they might end up going to the PAC 12. They could be independent. Like, I think that's on the table as well. Um, there are options, but certainly if, if they went to the sec, Mike, I mean the 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 financial shift, you know, the that would happen, the value that they bring as programs from a, an, an interest and eyeballs standpoint with media deals and that kind of thing. Um, I mean, it would be seismic, and it, and it it would impact the ACC to a certain degree. I think the big thing being, you think the the media deal differences between the SEC and the ACC are big now? Who boy, uh, it's going to get a lot bigger. Yeah, it is going to get a lot bigger. And I'm, I'm trying to search for a tweet that I saw yesterday. Um, 
that was referring to the shift that occurred a decade ago with A&M um, and how some schools were against it and it ultimately got done because really it is all about the money at the end of the day, um, which would be great for me to have on hand because it kind of counters or at least adds detail to the point you were making there a moment ago. But um, I'll try and tweet that out from our account if I can find it. But the, the bottom line here is with these two schools leaving the Big 12 and what happens to that conference, I think, is really um, the important part for us to talk about in terms of how it affects the ACC. I don't think Oklahoma and Texas are joining the ACC if they don't get into no. the SEC. No. That's not what we're referring to when we say, hey, even if they don't join the SEC, where are they going? Right. Um, there have been discussions, you know, amongst media members that say, hey, just kind of like do away with conferences and make it like four or five big pods, right? Um, for college football, right? Where it's either it's regional or, you know, you can break it out a certain way. Um, if Oklahoma and Texas don't go to the SEC, I think there could be a complete realignment of, of college football because then the Big sure. 12 is going to be like, well, we don't necessarily want you back now that you don't want to be here. And the SEC is going to say, okay, well, we don't want you here either. So that, so then are Oklahoma and Texas independent? I mean, that doesn't make any sense, right? Are they joining like the Big 10? Like what what happens from there? I don't, I don't really know. And from yeah. the ACC standpoint, if Oklahoma and Texas do indeed join the SEC, then what happens with a school like West Virginia? And I'm going to get on my West Virginia to the ACC pedestal because it's caused a lot of people on social media anyway in the last few days to say, I don't think that would ever happen. The older generation of folk, it seems like it's it's a divide between older generation and younger generation people on, on the website, right? Mm-hmm. Older generation people say, West Virginia, the academics aren't what you would expect out of an ACC school. Yeah. Louisville was a little bit of a stretch, but we let them in. Why would they now let West Virginia in? I'll tell you what, if schools are just going fly by night willy nilly and the Big 12 just totally dissolves, adding some schools from the Big 12 and West Virginia would make the most sense geographically. Mm-hmm. Adding schools from the Big 12 is going to be on the table for all conferences because the Big 12, mm-hmm. as we know it, could be gone, Joey. Yeah. Or the Big 12 could absorb a smaller conference, say like the American. I could see that happening too. I I mean, I think there's something to be said. I mean, so again, if, if Oklahoma and Texas leave, the the assertion that I've heard and, and that I tend to agree with is that the other eight schools are screwed, with maybe the yes. exception being West Virginia, where there is a pretty obvious landing spot in the ACC, A, geographically, but also B, where did all the other Big East schools end up from from 15 years ago, you know? Right. I mean, you've, and you've got built-in rivalries with Virginia Tech and Pittsburgh and, and you know, some of these programs that – and Louisville, hell, like that's that's been a, a rivalry in the past, you know? So um, to me, that's the thing I think that makes sense. Does, does this move, you know, to the SEC of Texas and Oklahoma, does it put the ACC in danger? No, not particularly. There, I mean – There's nothing, nobody's jumping out of the ACC anytime in the foreseeable future. There was the grant of rights thing that went through a few years ago that at this point, it would be prohibitively expensive, prohibitively, still early, still tough to talk, prohibitively expensive for any school to try to leave the conference. Um, Maryland, I guess, bit that bullet, but 
since then, I mean, nobody was even, it's not even worth discussing that somebody might leave the ACC in the near future. Um, right. So at that point, I mean, you've still got 14 programs. You could maybe do something trying to strong arm Notre Dame in somehow. Um, you, you could probably add West Virginia. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm with you like the, the academic standing of West Virginia versus a lot of the ACC is, is not aligned. <laughs> We'll say, but that's a nice way to put it. Yeah, but that was the same thing with Louisville, right? And I mean, if you're going to let Louisville in, West Virginia is not really all that a- academically different than Louisville from a, a rankings and, and prestige standpoint. And so, yeah, I mean, why not at that point? So, right. I, I think from a lot of standpoints, that's probably the move that you make. Um, I don't know how Notre Dame fits into all of that if you try to do that, but. Long story short, I, I think this this kind of move I think would hurt the ACC from a a bit of a competitive money financial standpoint. Uh, it would be the rich getting richer and the gap widening between the haves and the have-nots, so to speak. Yep. But otherwise, I mean, I think the ACC is in perfectly decent shape from a a viability standpoint and everything. It's it's really the Big Twelve that the other seven schools not named West Virginia. I mean, I could see the Big Ten one in Kansas for basketball, and you know, I. Other than that, I don't know what those program, the rest of those programs do. Um, it, you might be talking about a Power Four, or you know, the, 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 there's a pretty distinct difference there in, in the rest of those programs from a a money bringing in standpoint from the rest. Yeah, and the the thing about it too is, you know, I, what differentiates those remaining schools from like group of five. Not a right, lot at that point. Not a lot. I mean, you can have another small conference. The Big Twelve just kind of dissolves, and you're just another small conference. You can also add them to the to the mix. You know, you could merge with another small conference, Sun Belt, AAC, something like that. I just, I don't know what the next move is for yeah. some of those schools. And like you said, the Big Ten could take on Kansas. I think that would make sense, but from a basketball standpoint. From a football standpoint, Kansas is basically just a worse version of Illinois. So, I mean, more or less, that's kind of just where they're at. Maybe they'll be better in a few years. I don't know, but I don't know what the end goal or the end objective is going to be for those remaining schools. And I mean, again, you think about like the other schools in the Big Twelve. We're talking like Oklahoma State, Baylor, Kansas State. Like, what do they? What do these schools add on the football side? Kansas State's fine. Oklahoma State's good most years, at least reasonably decent most years. Yeah. Um, Baylor is getting back to kind of where they were. I mean, they're not like a top five program, but they're respectable again. So, like, they're fine, right? But are they any better than a lot of these really good group of five schools? I don't think the answer is for sure yes. Yeah, these are not programs that have shown a sustained level of success on the field long term, nor have they shown like a real big amount of public interest, you know, like that that would bring eyeballs that would make them an attractive, quote unquote, property for another conference. Right. Right. Like the West Virginia, the West Virginia thing, Joe, is like that's got to be the school for the ACC. Yeah, I I wouldn't I, I can't really see him adding anyone else from the big 12, but West Virginia, I mean, from, for various reasons. Um, so that, that was, that's kind of where I think it would, would start and end for the ACC as far as realignment goes. Yeah. I, 
and, and for the folks like standing on the table, pounding it, you know, saying that there's no way to let them in. I mean, okay. I think they <laughs> might. We'll I mean, we'll see. Yeah. Like we let Louisville in. I don't, West Virginia is the same, the same school, like football and basketball wise. Like it's the same. I don't, yeah. I don't know why you would let one in and not the other. And then at that point you're at 15 schools and you try to strong arm Notre Dame, like you mentioned, I think that's, that's the move. If you're going to go that route, Notre Dame might be more amenable to it then at that point. Well, I, I was going to say to that end, Mike, let's, let's just pretend. And with some of the recent playoff changes and such, like Notre Dame may not, may not go for it. And if, at that point, if you are looking to add a full-time 16th team, I mean, I don't know that Miami and Florida State would be okay with UCF. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know that Memphis or something is really what you're looking for. I don't. I don't know what you do at that point if you're if you're trying to find a 16th team. Um, Maryland is not coming back to the ACC. Put it that way. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what the plan for 16 would be. I don't either. I mean, if not Notre Dame, of course. Well, right. I, if if not Notre Dame, and I, it would have to take a just because of how Notre Dame has felt about a potential Power Five conference move to the ACC. We know how they feel about it. They don't want to do it for football. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think the proposed expanded playoff really benefits Notre Dame in any way outside of Jack Swarbrick, the athletic director getting a home game in South Bend, mm-hmm. but he was on the committee. And, and what I'm referring to is Notre Dame can't be any better than a five seed because they haven't won their conference um, with the proposed rules for college football playoff expansion that Joey and I outlined about a month and a half ago. Sure. Um, if that ends up being what goes through and is finalized, Jack Swarbrick, who is on the committee, who has discussed you know, the college football playoff expansion, you know, he's okay with it, right? You know, he's okay with Notre Dame being no better than a five seed. And the reason why Joey is because they would be able to have a home game in South Bend. They'd be able to host potentially a quarterfinal. If they kind of go that route and say, we're going to have these games on campus, which is the proposal. Now the quarterfinal games on campus, semifinal and finals in in bowl stadiums, then, uh, you know, Notre Dame's okay with that. Mm-hmm. So if they're okay with that, then even with the proposed college football playoff expansion, they might not join a conference. Yep. Which is interesting. I because I would want a top four seed. Yeah. I've got another idea, Mike, for a team you could maybe look at that might also make sense. Yeah. If you really want to add sixteen, what about Cincinnati? I mean What about them? Again, former Big East school, got a couple built in rivalries with Miami and Louisville and Pittsburgh. Yep. I mean some decent uh, some decent productivity in recent years. I mean, it's a, it's a nice urban school, another good market to get into to some degree. I don't know. I think that's something you could maybe consider as well. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, that would be a good school. And, and on the football side, they're obviously very good. I mean, they're the best team in the AAC pretty consistently now, sure. um, or at least one of the top two teams in the AAC with Memphis. Yep. Um, uh, and you know, UCF. Yeah. <laughs> but um, they've anyway. been the best team in the AAC the last couple of years anyway. Yep. Yep. Uh, Mike, anything else major before we move on? we got one more thing we want to hit on while we're here. Uh, no, I think, I think we're good. I stay tuned on this. I mean, the Texas OU thing, I think we'll have more clarity on this by the next time we record. So, yeah. um, we'll, we'll have an idea and we can 
sneak in an update. Of course, I, I know everybody's heard it, but we'll sneak in our thoughts on it. Yeah, sure. I, I think we're we're multiple years away from any of this materializing whatsoever on the field. So, yep this this is not a uh, not something you're gonna f- you know have finalized within the next week or two. So, yeah, um, big take home message here. It's not necessarily good for the ACC, but the ACC is not like in danger. I don't expect drastic realignment moves from the ACC, you know, but we'll have to see what happens and have to stay tuned. Lot, the three lot safest power, agree. The three safest power five conferences are the SEC, ACC, and Big Ten in yep. any order you want. I think the SEC is obviously the strongest conference right now, but then probably going to be the Big Ten or the ACC jockeying for second. But the Pac 12 and the Big 12 are the ones that were kind of on shaky ground. And mm-hmm. The Big 12 especially is where we could see moves like this being made. It looks like we're heading down that road. Yep, absolutely. Uh, Mike, one more thing we wanted to hit on. Uh, something that we... Everybody take a knee here. Let's Take a knee. Listen up. Here's the thing with this podcast, Mike. You are a Virginia Tech guy. You're an alum. You cover the program pretty closely. You have pretty good intimate knowledge we'll say of kind of some of the inner workings of Virginia Tech's athletic department fair yes I feel kind of the same way about Georgia Tech I'm a Georgia Tech grad I I know pretty well I you know follow up pretty closely what goes on inside those doors and how some of the politics work that kind of thing Mike I don't think I feel comfortable saying that for either of us about any of the other 12 schools in the conference is that fair correct that is correct so it is really helpful truthfully it is really helpful when we have listeners who do have some more intimate knowledge of that that are able to reach out and add some color to discussions that we've had and kind of give some insight that we straight up don't have um what i'm referring to is we got a a good a really good dm on twitter uh, yesterday from uh at hobie webster kind of adding some context to some of our pit discussion especially surrounding you know pat narduzzi and his his future with the program Yep. And I just wanted to read it real quick because I feel like not only for you and I, but just for anyone listening to the show, it gives some really good insight into kind of how some of the Pitt athletic department works. So Hobie says, good Pitt preview. Always enjoy the podcast. Thank you, Hobie. Regarding Narduzzi, he just feels like a high floor, low ceiling guy to me. As Jim said, he has a strong support from the administration and alumni because he's running a very good program off the field. There is no drama or tension around the program. AD-like. Uh, Chancellor Gallagher, et cetera, have a good relationship with Narduzzi. And that is very true, Mike. Jim pointed out there are not guys transferring in and out of here constantly. There's not a lot yep. of guys getting in trouble. Um, it, it, very, very true. It is it is a well-run program off the field for sure. Yep. Another factor is that the current Pitt administration is close with the Roonies. Uh, of course, the Rooney family, who also, I believe, owns the Steelers there in yep. Pittsburgh, who support Narduzzi in the program more than people might realize. The administration seems to have adopted the Steelers-Rooney approach to head coaches, which is to give them a long time to shape and reshape their staff and roster before pulling the plug. They prize stability. We'll see if that works in college football, but Like seems to have adopted that mindset. Now, Mike, I don't know if you realize this. I heard the other day they were ranking, you know, what is the worst head coach in every franchise's history? Yep. And for the Pittsburgh Steelers, that was listed as Mike Tomlin who is currently there because you realize Mike, he's only the third head coach. The Steelers have ever had. No, I did not know that before that it was Chuck Knoll and Bill Cowher. Those are the only other people that have ever coached the Steelers. 
that's shocking to me. Yeah. So stability is right that, you know, there is not a lot of revolving door of, of head coaches there in Pittsburgh for sure. So Hobie definitely onto something here. Um, and so he also lists out that, that, you know, Pitt is a subsidiary kind of, of the Steelers in terms of, uh, they are a subtenant of the Steelers. Um, right. So, you know, rights to use Heinz field and all that goes to the Steelers. That's pretty great. But, um, says ultimately though, he will need a breakout, you know, 10 win top 25 season soon. One thing to watch out for. And I thought this is an interesting point. One thing to watch out for is the return of the backyard brawl next fall. West Virginia mm-hmm. plays at Pitt to start the year. If Narduzzi fails to have a strong year this season and then loses the return of the brawl at home, it's over. He's one and three against Penn State and zero and three against Notre Dame. If he loses to West Virginia at home after a ten-year hiatus, he won't be the coach by Christmas. Keep up the great work, Hobie. Again, thank you, Hobie. I thought that's some pretty cool insight, and it really makes a lot of sense. Um, and again, it kind of goes back to the idea that you and I maybe look at, at what the program has done as stagnation, but others look at it as like, what do you want him to do? Like he's winning seven, eight games a year. Like that's pretty solid. That's what Pittsburgh does, which is something that we've said pretty consistently on this podcast. This is who they are and what they do. Maybe we should have taken it with that lens. I thought it was helpful to kind of get that insight into the program. Um, again, like, like we mentioned any insight you all can give as people who are fans of schools and know the intimate workings really help us. Right. Mm -hmm. And this kind of confirms our understanding of Pittsburgh. So it was really helpful. Yep. Yeah. So thanks to Hobie for sending that in and, and hopefully, you know, you all listening to this podcast, you know, get some insight too on how Pittsburgh works from that. Um, Very, very good insight there. So thank you. Thank you, Mike. That's all I got for this morning. Anything else? I think we're good. I think we're all set. Good, quick podcast. Need to hit record, though. Yep. Little emergency pod. Uh, yeah. I got to get out of here. I got to get to work. Uh, you probably something like that, too. Although you're, you know, you're at the beach, so I don't know what work looks like for you today. Uh, yeah. But not, not like normal. We'll <laughs> say that. Definitely not. Um, we are going to come back and continue our team preview series here in the next couple of days. In the meantime, you can find us on Twitter at FTRS Joey, at Mike McDaniel SOS, at BC Podcast ACC at BC Podcast ACC on Instagram. We're on iTunes. We're on Spotify. You want to tell them where else we can find us? They can find us on the social medias? Yeah, Facebook. Facebook.com slash basketball conference rate review. Find all of our podcasts there. Check us out on Instagram, Joey, at BC Podcast ACC. We're posting a good bit there as well, and we're adding to our follower count there, so make sure to check that out. Yep, definitely. Please do. Please do. Um, also, send us an email with your questions, comments, concerns to the longest email address in demand, basketballconferencepodcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. Haven't gotten one in a while. We haven't. Um, and again, as we go through these previews, if there's some questions you have about your team or another team, hit us up. You know, we've, we've gotten a couple of DMs on Twitter asking questions that we will be able to go over with some of our guests. So, um, you know, hit us up. Let us know what you want to know about. Mike, yep. that is all I got. Anything else before we get out of here? I think we're all set, man. You want to come back? Uh, to back, to team, back to team previews. Yes. Yeah. There we go. It's, it's about that time. All right. Well, we will talk then. And until next time, for Mr. Mike McDaniel, I am Joey Weaver. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. And until then, go ACC. Go ACC.